The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. Roster brought to you by the College Basketball Experience. March Madness is heating up, and you need to subscribe to the College Basketball Experience. It's awesome, baby. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, February 28th, last day of February, currently 12.03 on the East Coast, here to break down the Tuesday night betting card in the association, and it is a loaded one here on Tuesday night. More games than we're used to, but joining me here to uh, to break down the betting card here for Tuesday. You guys know him as the voice of the NFL Gambling Podcast, the Tennis Gambling Podcast, WNBA Gambling Podcast, and of course here on the NBA Gambling Podcast, the Scott Studio by Shell. Scott, what's going on, my man? Uh, nothing much. Looking forward to going through all the games on today's card. I am a bit annoyed at how yesterday played out. I ended up taking a flyer with Jimmy Butler triple-double. In fact, I even sprinkled on a same-game parlay And I believe it was Butler 10-plus rebounds, Butler 10-plus assists, Butler two rebounds in the first quarter and and two assists in the first quarter, 250-1. to One One assist short. I needed one assist in the final four minutes. And I couldn't even get overtime because Embiid would rather pass it to Harden than try to take advantage of a mismatch in the post. So I couldn't even get an overtime draw. One assist short. So that close to hitting a 250 to one shot, but it's, it's worth the same as any other uh, long shot bet you can make because most of the time it's worth nothing. So unfortunate, but yeah, not exactly the way I wanted to start the week, but it was a hell of a read. It just didn't get there. Yeah. I mean, I think that there was a lot of people that were on the Jimmy Butler train yesterday after his, you know, the comments that he made after the last loss, I think they took against Charlotte and he backed up the play on, unfortunately for, or Source for a lot of us. I know a lot of people were on the triple double uh, for him last night as well. I gave out his 25 plus points yesterday at around plus 145, then also took his 30 plus at, I think it was close to, I want to say four to one, but um, more heartbreaking for you where he just fell one assist short of cashing a a very, very nice payday of 250 to one. But uh, yeah, not a good day of picks for me yesterday. Um, I had the Jimmy Butler. Like I mentioned, 25-plus points as my dog, and then I had the over in the Knicks and the Celtics game, but just an atrocious atrocious shooting night for the Boston Celtics. But hopefully I can bounce back today. But also joining us here today to break down the betting card, you guys know him as the man of the show. It's Delonte Smith. What's going on, my man? What's up, man? Sorry to hear about that, Scott. That's that's hey, that's brutal, man. But, uh, to one, man. Rough. You could have bit the Pelicans like I did and, and get smoked, but... That's the only play I had last night, but it was some interesting results last night. I I leaned to the Knicks in the in the Heat. I just missed the number, so didn't bet it. But uh, looking to bounce back today uh, with some good games, some really good games actually. Yeah, big schedule here tonight on Tuesday. Um, last night, I'll just briefly go over it. I think all four games ended up going under the 
total. Um, three out of the four dogs uh, won outright last night with Orlando, the Knicks, and the Miami Heat, and then Charlotte Hornets um, get the cover last night against the Detroit shorthanded Detroit Pistons. I know um, Terrell gave out. Um, I think he was on the Knicks last night, and then he also gave out the James Wiseman ladder. So he had a pretty good night as far as the pod uh, player props and picks went for him. Um, but, yeah, big schedule here tonight in the association. You guys, anything else you want to mention before we get into the games for tonight uh, about yesterday? And if, if we're going to dive back into the Heat game, is anybody really surprised the Philly lost to Miami? I know that you're looking at – the records this year and how awful Miami was looking. But then you heard the Jimmy Butler comments and also just historically speaking, Miami kind of, I don't want to say they own that team because Boston owns that team, but Mm -hmm. Miami's had a bunch of success against them in big games. And we saw in the playoffs last year, I'm not surprised that Philly only scored 99 points. Let's put it that way. It seems like Miami's always able to have a good game plan defensively with Spolstra coaching against that team. Harden killed me, though. I had the under and assist, and he had five at the half. It was ten and a half, and he ended up with seven in the second half. But I have to at least point out that Spolstra seems to always have a good game plan for Doc Rivers and company. And I'm telling you right now, if Philly does face Miami in the first round in the 3-6 matchup, Mm -hmm. Miami. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, And we even talked about yesterday on the pod with myself and Terrell, and kind of looked at their schedule and they haven't really, they hadn't beaten anybody that is, that was, I guess we can see above 500. I think they had a victory against the, uh, the Knicks in there. And they, um, had, if I they had correctly. the buzzer beater waved off against the Celtics, which would have yeah. tied the game. So they, they yeah. were competitive against good teams, but they didn't win, and yeah. they beat up on bad teams. Yeah, and that was pretty much the handicap. That And again, with the comments that Jimmy Butler made, I think we, uh, both Terrell and I were on Miami last night as well. Uh, say anything else from last time, my man? Uh, I mean, not really. Uh, I think Miami is a team that we that I expect to turn it on later in the season, especially with how the season was going. They got guys in and out of the lineup as usual, but when it's time to play and when it's time for, for them to perform, I think they usually do. They got a great coach. Uh, mm-hmm. They got a great staff. And, of course, Jimmy is, is high on that list that you want in a big game, at least to me, um, in that respect. But, yeah, I'm expecting the Heat to, to be a bet on. I just don't want them to win the division because I got a big Atlanta Hawks future. So uh, I was hoping that they lose that game or they lost that game last night. But other than that, I think the Hawks are, are t- I mean, the um, the Heat are trending up in that aspect as we get closer to the end of the season. So I'll be looking to bet on them, especially if they're like road underdogs, like short dogs. I think they'll be very competitive in that aspect. Yep. I agree, man. I think it's just about them getting healthy as well. I know yeah. they, they were missing guys. You know, we talked about it throughout the season about guys being in and out of the lineup and dealing with um, with injuries and stuff like that. So does, does that include Kyle Lowry or is that a separate category? I think that's a whole I think that would be a whole separate pot about what's going right. on with Kyle Lowry. Right. I don't know if I take a pot. I just think he's bad. <laughs> There's really much more to add there. Uh, but yeah. he, he hasn't played. I think they're better off without him. I've said it for about a year at this point, but yeah. technically he's still injured. Yeah. Um, all right, guys, before we get into the games here for tonight, uh, let me tell everyone about our presenting sponsor. That is going to be WinBet. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states. There are a ton of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays, a.k.a. WinBets Build Your Own Bet. March Madness is almost here, plus plenty of ways to win getting 
down on the NBA, NHL, and the XFL. Sign up today to receive a special offer, Bet 100, Get 100, limited state availability. And of course, our for our DGENs only, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offers up to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 20 years or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. If you're somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1 800 522 4700. We're also brought to you by the SGPN merch store. The SGPN merch store continues to add new items to the store every single day. Head over to store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com to support your favorite podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Hopefully, it is the NBA Gambling Podcast. A lot of great stuff on there like uh, shirts, hats, sweats, uh, sweaters, hoodies, uh, novelty items, all that good stuff. So make sure to check it out over at store.sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Let me tell you guys about the newest sponsor on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and that is going to be Talkify. Um, look, we give a lot of advice on who to bet on and uh, make your picks and, you know, long shot DJ and parlays. But we're also getting into the dating advice game, and that's where Talkify has come in and joined us. And look, life is full of what ifs, right? So what if you're trying something new and when it comes to dating? Talkify is a new way to meet other serious singles. So what they and what if they can help you what you're looking for? Are you having a hard time meeting uh, great people to date? Why do you keep trying the same methods over and over again by swiping right, swiping left, swiping right? And it's just not working out for you. It's time to say goodbye to swiping and bring back the human touch to dating with Talkify. Confidence, like in sports betting, uh, is key when it comes to dating as well. But if you struggle to find worthwhile connections, it can be difficult to feel your best when meeting new people. With Talkify, you can feel confident that you're meeting someone special who was picked just for you. Talkify is con- the country's number one modern matchmaking service that is designed to help you achieve relationship goals. Their trusted compatibility specialist hands select su- successful and compelling candidates so you can uh, date consciously and productively. Here's how it works. The Talkify matchmaking meet with you to learn about what you're looking for in a partner then they'll select and screen potential match candidates for you doing background checks video video interviews and asking the tough questions that are too awkward for first dates from there your matchmaker plans your date introduction and handles all your communications for you creating a safe and stress-free dating experience talkify is committed to finding your match 80 percent of clients met their met their person within the first 12 matches and right now Talkify is uh, offering our listeners 20% off when you become a client at Talkify.com slash SGPN. That's T-A-W-K-I-F-Y.com slash SGPN for 20% off when you become a client. That's Talkify.com slash SGPN. All right, gentlemen, let's get into the schedule here for tonight. We have about, uh, I think, eight tonight games here tonight on the schedule. The first game on the board for tonight it's going to be the Washington Wizards visiting the Atlanta Hawks. Um, this is going to be a 7.30 Eastern start. And looking at the opening lines for this matchup, currently seeing the Atlanta Hawks open up as a six-point favorite. That number has now been shifted to minus seven in favor of the Atlanta Hawks. Total open about 233.5. That number's up to 234. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams for the... Uh, Washington Wizards, uh, Christoph Porzingis is doubtful here tonight. Monte Morris is also out tonight. 
for the Washington Wizards and for the Atlanta Hawks. Pretty clean injury report. Everybody is healthy and a go. Um, Atlanta, we talked about, or I know uh, Terrell and Scott talked about the um, the hire of uh, Quinn Snyder or him potentially being the next head coach. There. I know um, Scott hit a a, a life changing bet on that uh, ten dollar max coaching bet. Hire. <laughs> Let's go ten dollar max bet. That's how we catch but those. The Atlanta Hawks they've come out after the All Star break here. I think they've won both of their games. Um, and again, looks like they're starting to trend in the right direction here. But they host the Washington Wizards here tonight as a seven point home favorite. Scott, why don't you lead us off with this game with the side? Uh, so first of all, it's. It's a number that I liked a lot more at the opener because I was leaning to Atlanta, but now the number's pretty high since Porzingis is out. Washington is off of a really awful showing against Chicago, but maybe Patrick Beverly inspired something in Chicago because, you know, they've been playing better, but Washington only scored 82 points in their last game, which is embarrassing. But I think I am going to lean to Atlanta. I think my favorite play in this game is going to be the over, though, because the Hawks have played two games since firing McMillan. And in those two games, they scored 136 against Cleveland and 129 against Brooklyn. I just think this team is trending over. I think that with McMillan out, they've been playing faster under Prunty. For confirmation, is Quinn Snyder actually going to coach a game this season, or is he just for future years? I was going to ask that, too. He was going to be on the sideline as soon as I think they might have sent today. Why don't I look that up and then you continue? Okay, well, the point is Prunty, I'm sure, is still going to be on the sideline and because he's going to have to at least be – I don't want to say a co-head coach, but I'm sure they're going to familiarize Snyder with the system and with the roster. So I'm assuming they're going to have some type of coach by committee for the next week or so until Snyder actually learns about all the personnel. They've just been playing faster. I I just think that based on pace and based on how Trey Young's played recently since uh, they switched coaches, I got to take the over kind of blindly with Atlanta. I like the team total over. I think this team is trending in the right direction. But I got to look for points in this game. Atlanta has shown me nothing defensively. Each of their two games have had in the two have landed in the two fifties. Mm-hmm. I'm on the over here. I think Atlanta has another track meet. Yeah, he's going to be on the sideline as soon as today is what I read um, from Woj. Currently, they already did the press conference introduction press conference for him, so he will be on the sidelines here. So, oh, wow. yeah, you're right. It's probably going to be a coaching by committee here tonight with Quinn Snyder, Quinn Snyder on the sideline. Uh, Delonte, what do you got for this game? Side in total. Uh, yeah, I um I originally was like Scott, I was leaning to Atlanta, but I was thinking that Porzingis would give it a shot. Him and Morris both. I thought they would give it a shot, but I see that they're both out. So their offense has been a bit stagnant uh without those two guys in the lineup. They've lost and failed to cover in the last two. They do play well on the road, 17 and 15 ATS on the road, but coming off that performance against the Bulls, I'm I'm looking for them to have a, a bit of a bounce back. And Atlanta, while they're playing well. They haven't done a really good job of putting teams away. They were up pretty big on Brooklyn. I think that was Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. And they were up, they were up pretty time. Yeah, and, and they just failed to, to put them away. Uh, Brooklyn came back and actually had a shot to win that game. But I do like the things that I'm seeing out of Atlanta since uh, McMillan has been fired. Uh, Scott mentioned it. The, the offensive flow has looked a lot better. Uh, they found some rhythm. Uh, they've been putting Trey a little bit more off the ball, letting DeJounte uh, handle the offense. So – I was very impressed by their performance against the Cavs, you know, one of the better defenses in the league, and they put up 136, if I'm not mistaken, on them. So that was pretty impressive. Um, As I mentioned earlier, I got a a couple future tickets on the Hawks to to win that division and uh, to win the East, actually. So I'm kind of, like, trying not not to pile on more on them and and more so just, like, hedge off 
little by little because I think the Heat are going to turn it on. But yeah, I, I like Washington here. I'll probably be on them if the number keeps creeping up. I'm trying to get like a seven and a half or eight. Uh, I I do like Scott's over. Um, been a lot of points being scored in this game, and Washington's going to come out pretty much with a better offensive uh, performance than they did against the the Bulls. So I'm leaning to I'm leaning to the Wizards. I haven't bet it just yet, but uh, I'll try to wait for like seven and a half, eight before I do so. Yeah, Atlanta, uh, I mean, it's a very small sample, obviously, with yeah. um, Nate McMillan being gone. But mm-hmm. uh, the two, I'm just, just looking at the last two games for most of these teams that have played since the All-Star break, Atlanta's up to number four as far as pace goes. And offensive uh, rating, they are number two, uh, just right behind the Sacramento Kings um, in that category. Again, very, very small sample coming out of the All-Star break. But, you know, like Scott mentioned, it, that they've been able to put up the points, especially like Atlanta, you also mentioned, like it's a very good defense like the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, I really like that look about what you said about the over here, Scott. I think I might go towards the Atlanta Hawks team total over in this game. Uh, that number is currently sitting at 120 and a half in this game. So um, I think that's the way I'm going to pivot in this game. I think that it is uh, it is a lot of points here for me for to lay with Atlanta here, despite the Wizards not having Kristaps uh, Porzingis and Monte Moritz here tonight. So we'll just root for points in this game um, as far as the side and total go. Uh, Delonte, do you have any player props that you want to uh, throw out there for this game? Um, I'll probably look at Gafford, uh, points and rebounds. Um, I have this one of these stats, I have no idea how, but the Wizards are first in rim percentage offense. I have no idea how they're first. In, I don't know who they have that's finishing at the rim as much, but – they're efficient when doing so, so I think Gafford around around the glass could be, you know, he could be in for a big game. Um, the the Wizards are fifth in points per play on putbacks, so you know the Hawks are going to have to try to keep them off the glass, off the offensive glass. Uh, they're twenty fourth in points per play allowed on putbacks, so that could be an advantage there uh, down low for Gafford. So I like Gafford over points and rebounds. I'm trying to find a number. Uh, it had it had moved on me um, earlier. Let me. Just get a uh, number f- for Gafford points and Gafford, rebounds. Yeah, points and rebounds. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Daniel Gafford is at eighteen and a half. Yeah, yeah. So I think he can be a line for you know a fourteen and seven type of game. So I like Gafford over that over that points and rebounds. All right, uh, Scott. Any player props you like in this game? Uh, it's pretty tough to go against Trey Young right now, whether it involves yeah. points or the assists have not really been there as much lately. But I still think he's in a decent spot. For Washington, assuming Porzingis is out, are you just automatically pivoting to like Kuzma threes or something? Because I don't know who yeah. else is going to step up besides him and Beal. Yeah, I think you'll probably go Kyle Kuzma threes or just even just take his points, bro, just based off of principle, especially if you're expecting points to be, uh, you know, put up in this game. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get over to the next game of the night here. We'll go to the Milwaukee Bucks in uh, Brooklyn here tonight to take on the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, looking at the opening line for this game, this line opened up in favor of the Milwaukee Bucks at minus five. Uh, that number's now been bet up to minus, I believe it's up to six and a half. Yeah, six and a half at some spots. Uh, total opened up at 227 and a half. That number's been bet up to 230 and a half. Looking at the injury report, for both of these teams, uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis is actually listed as probable here tonight. For the Bucks, everybody else is a go. Only person that is going to be out is Wes Matthews. And for the Brooklyn Nets, uh, Ben Simmons is out, and Ed- Edmund Sumner is going to miss this game here tonight for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, Scott, why don't you lead us off with your Brooklyn Nets here, hosting the Milwaukee Bucks as a six-point home underdog. 
first of all, I'm shocked Giannis is playing because he's gotten injured three times in the last two weeks and they just keep throwing him out there. And he came back and played what, like seven minutes against Miami on Friday, eight minutes. Like mm-hmm. he barely played in the game because he got hurt again. Yeah. I'm on the box. The Nets have not exactly played great basketball lately. Offensively, they have not been good. Now, they were decent in a comeback role against Atlanta, but they also gave up 129 points, so I'm not going to exactly overreact to that. But I'm going to go with Milwaukee. This team's won 14 straight at this point. They beat a pretty good Phoenix team. I know Durant hasn't played, but the point is they still beat a good uh, Phoenix team there, and that game was competitive, but they won. I'm going to go with Milwaukee. I just think they're the better team. Historically speaking, Giannis owns the Nets. So we'll see at what percentage health-wise he is for this game. But I don't think the Nets can stop him, and I don't think the Nets can really stop anybody on this team. And offensively, they're too stagnant. The Nets don't have a go-to score on their roster besides Cam Thomas, and he can't guard anybody, so he comes off the bench. So I'm going to go with Milwaukee. This game could get ugly, but based on what I've seen lately from both teams, I'm not going to fade the team that's won 14 straight. Yeah, I mean, look, the Brooklyn Nets after the All-Star break in two games, I've given up, like we mentioned, 127 to Atlanta and then 131 to the Chicago Bulls. So, it was 127 um, or 129 to Atlanta? Uh, one, I'm sorry, 129 to Atlanta okay. and then 131 to the uh, Chicago Bulls. So about an average right there of 130 that they've given up mm-hmm. uh, since the All-Star break. So I think this is another another game where I'm looking at it, the team total for the Bucks here. I think, you know, a lot of us we've talked about on the pod uh, taking the Bucks first quarter, I think that's in play again here as well. T Bills fifteen pointing that out. Bucks first quarter minus two. Uh, I don't hate that. I'm just gonna be might be a trifecta trifecta spot of the Bucks team totals, whether it's first quarter, first half, and then full game for this game because I feel like they're gonna get whatever they want offensively um, after what they've kind of given up to Chicago in the um, Atlanta Hawks in their last two games. Uh, but I would yeah go with the Bucks here as well with you, Scott. I. My, I was scratching my head a little bit when this number opened at minus five and also saw that uh, Giannis was probable here tonight for the Milwaukee Bucks. Delonte, what do you got for this game? Side in total. Uh, yeah, man, I'm leaning to to Brooklyn, to the home dog. Uh, I was looking at the line move and I was hoping that um, it moves a little. Well, I'm hoping that it moves a little bit more with when Giannis, uh, like, gets officially ruled in, I guess you could say. Um, I think they got the dip to match some of, some of the Bucks' dip. I mean, maybe not as good, but they have, you know, some dip to be able to withstand uh, those lineups that Bud throws out with the second unit, uh, and they don't—they have some defenders that they can throw at Giannis, uh, uh, less than one hundred percent healthy Giannis at that, and, and make it kind of hard for him to get get to the rim. Uh, and at the rim, you know they're elite in defending it, third in rim percentage defense. So, you know the Bucks are eleventh in rim percentage offense. So that could be, you know, that could be the deciding factor in the game. How healthy is Giannis? Now, yep, you both pointed out Brooklyn's. You know, defensive struggles, and if you give up 131 to the Bulls, then I mean, I, I'm scared to see what you know the Bucks' offense is going to do to to them. They were they were down 50 in that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they didn't even score. They didn't even score. Uh, they had like 29 at the half. Didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was about to say they didn't even score like 40 at the half. Oh, they know? went yeah. off in the fourth quarter. They were on pace yeah. for like 75 points. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so um, I, I'm leaning to I'm leaning to the books. I don't think I mean to the uh, to Brooklyn. There's nothing strong that I have, but you know, I just think that they're gonna get come out and give a better effort. Uh, they just they have to withstand some of those runs and some of those punches that that the books are gonna throw. I, I like they're getting Crowder more involved, um, but I'm leaning to the so I'm leaning to the Nets just strictly off the number. I mean, you know, thirty and seventeen, thirty seventeen and two ATS as a favorite is is Milwaukee. Um, they've held their last two opponents under 105 points. Uh, 
their offense is getting better. They're still, you know, 18th points per position uh, offense. And I think once they get those guys more implemented in the offense, it'll be better. But I like Brooklyn here. I think they can muck the game up, make it a little bit of a slower paced game and uh, and cover the number. So I'm waiting for a better number um, when Giannis gets officially ruled in. But that that would be my my play. Uh, Scott, any player props looking at in this game? I know you mentioned Giannis. Well, Giannis, I, I don't know if I can fully take him, though, because I'm not sure how healthy he is. Yeah. I mean, Holiday's been very good lately, so mm-hmm. you, know, you might want to pivot to him. I've been cashing with Mikel Bridges threes recently. The volume okay. is there, and I feel like the Osmakers haven't fully adjusted. It's usually around one and a half, so I think that that's a pretty good look. Bucks first quarter has also been very solid for us, so I don't, yeah. I'm not going to change anything there. I just think the Nets right now, based on the trade that they made involving Durant, they have a lot of wing defenders. They don't have many wing scores, and they don't have anybody who can contain Giannis. I think Milwaukee probably wins this game comfortably, but I will go with Milwaukee first quarter. Uh, player props, Delante, if you have any. Yeah, I was looking at. I was looking for Bobby Portis. Is Bobby Portis is in tonight, right? Yeah, uh, he might I think be a bench Giannis, player though. So. Yeah, he's gonna be a bench player because I do see Giannis props right now, so I think he's probably yeah, gonna be coming is, off the bench. Yeah, I was looking at his. Uh, I was gonna be looking for his rebounds. Uh, Brooklyn is not a good rebounding team, thirtieth in offensive rebound percentage. So, if Giannis is you know compromised or on a little bit of a, a short rope as far as minutes, I think that Bobby Porter's can pivot and step in and get some big rebounds uh, down low. So I, I just don't see a number on it. Uh, maybe like when that comes out later on, I'll like tweet it out or something. But that's something that I'll be eyeing. Other than that, I, I didn't have anything. All right, let's get over to the next game of the night. It's going to be the L.A. Lakers in Memphis here tonight to take on the Grizzlies. Uh, looking at the opening line for this game, uh, this line opened up in favor of the Memphis Grizzlies at minus four and a half. That number has been bet up now to minus nine. Obviously, on the news of LeBron James going to be missing at least a minimum of two to three weeks for the Lakers with the foot injury. Uh, total opened up at 236 and a half. The number's been uh, now adjusted to around 230 and a half um, at most books. Looking at the injury report, like I just mentioned, LeBron is going to be out for about two to three weeks at minimum for the Lakers with a foot injury. Uh, Anthony Davis is probable here tonight for the Lakers, and then D'Angelo Russell is doubtful here tonight with a right ankle sprain. For the Memphis Grizzlies, Steven Adams is going to be out here tonight as well, but everybody else is a go for this Memphis Grizzlies team. Jelante, um, why don't you lead us off with this game between the Lakers and the Grizzlies? Yeah, I like the Grizzlies here. I don't want to lay that big of a number, so I'd like pivot to to them in the in the first half, or first quarter and first half. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Anthony Davis responds to this being somewhat, you know, his team, quote unquote. Um, they're five. The Lakers are five and nine straight up this year without LeBron. Uh, they lost seven of those nine by double figures. So, I mean, granted, you know, it's a brand new team, and, and you know, that's still in effect. But they're still going to be without D'Lo also. So, you know, no point guard. No shade to, to Shooter, but, I mean, he's just – I don't think he's as good as a facilitator as um, D'Lo is. But the Grizzlies, uh, they're coming off a, a pretty good performance against at home against Denver. Um, they're 18-11-1, ATS at home. Elite defense, uh, second in points per possession is allowed. The Lakers want to beat up beat you up inside, and I don't think they can do that to Memphis. Uh, Memphis is, is like elite defensively. they top three in all – Defensive categories, pretty much that all the ones that matter, uh, and the one that matters the most here is their first and rim percentage defense. So that negates, you know, some of the Lakers' strength. Their ninth in rim percentage offense and first and rim rate, meaning they get to the rim and want to get to the rim the most uh, in the NBA. 
And I just think that this is a good spot for Memphis. This is the first time that they've played since the Shannon Sharp thing. I think the last time they played was with the Shannon Sharp thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I believe yeah, so. so. Yeah. So I think that I think that this is a good spot for, for Memphis. I mean, I, I wouldn't play him a full game. I would try to look for them first quarter, first half, maybe. Uh, Lakers 14, 17, and 1 ATS on the road. Um, the Grizzlies do a good job, like, of defending without fouling. I mean, other than Triple J, they're sixth in. Uh, defensive free throw rate. The Lakers get to the line at the seventh highest rate um, in the league. So I, I think all things point to the Grizzlies here, um, but we've seen it time after time. The you know players out, star players out, and most guys step up. I just I don't, I don't trust the Lakers just yet. I need to see it first. I don't trust AD to stay healthy for even a third of a minute. So I got to see it first before before I believe it. Um, I'm, I'm leaning to the Grizzlies full game, but I'll definitely be on them uh, in the first quarter. Uh, Lakers somewhat in a bad spot after exerting you know so much energy on Sunday, and then hearing that news about LeBron, it's got to be deflating because I mean I don't think they have a chance to to do anything if LeBron miss like if he misses like even one week, I think it's over. Um, so give me Memphis uh, first quarter, and uh, I'll lean to them for the full game. Yeah, it's a third matchup between these two teams here, and they've split the first two meetings so far. Memphis has won um, 122-121 in L.A., and then uh, the Lakers uh, – sorry, the Lakers won 122-121, and the Memphis Grizzlies won an earlier matchup, 127-119. Uh, Scott, what do you got for this game, Lakers and Grizz? So even though LeBron's out, they said two to three weeks. He claims he heard a pop in his foot. I think he's out for a lot longer than two, three weeks for the record. But – I think I'm going to lean to the Lakers in this spot. I just think at the end of the day, you're looking at a situation where this team has still been definitely trending upward. Memphis has been a team that we've been pretty low on for a decent amount of the season. Memphis, if you look at their past couple of wins, they had a very nice win against Denver in a step-up game. Besides that, though, they really don't win many games by margin, and I think that the Lakers can hang in there. I'm not saying that Memphis is going to be trailing and they're going to come back, but I think that Memphis could open up a decent first-half lead, play with its food a little bit. Nine's a decent amount of points. Like You leave yourself room to potentially let the other team crawl back into it, especially in the NBA where teams come back from 20 down pretty much every day. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to lean to the Lakers plus the points. I'm not picking them to win the game, but I think it's a decent step-up spot. Either AD plays very well, maybe Malik Beasley goes nuts from three. But I've seen Memphis struggle too much recently in the favorite role covering big numbers. Yeah. I'm not going to bother. I'll lean once again to the Lakers plus the points. But I do think at the end of the day, the Grizzlies win the game, but it's more competitive than people think. Yeah, I mean, if you kind of just take a look at their, some of the wins that they've covered those big numbers, it hasn't been against the greatest competition, right? They beat the uh, the Pacers by 12. They beat Chicago by 15. They beat Minnesota by 21. Um, they were nice against Denver, but it looked yeah. like Denver didn't care about the game. They, yeah, they, I don't know. Mentally, they just weren't in at Denver. They were getting killed from the get go. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I'm leading with the Lakers here as well. I feel like this is one of those things like Delante mentioned that we'll see a star player going out for one of these teams line spikes. Everybody's rushing to get that to beat that CLV, quote unquote. Uh, but then, you know, it turns into a competitive game and other teams step up. I think we'll find out a lot about where the psyche is at for the Lakers in this game, being without LeBron James and, and D'Angelo Russell as well. So um, I think it should be an Anthony Davis game, especially without Steven Adams. If Triple J can stay out of foul trouble, 
He should be able to give some fits to Anthony Davis, but if he gets into foul trouble, I think it's just going to turn into barbecue chicken for Anthony Davis on the other interior defenders for the Memphis uh, Grizzlies. So I'm expecting the other guys to step up and, and for the Lakers, whether it's Malik Beasley, whether it's Austin Reeves coming off the bench. Um, Jared Vanderbilt has just been so good for this team uh, ever since they acquired him from the Utah Jazz. So I'm going to lean with the Lakers share with a plus to nine here as well. I do like the under in this game. I think that this number is a little bit higher at 230 and a half right now. Um, I know the first two meetings have gone over the total, but I, I think we'll see more of a defensive effort here from the Lakers because I don't think that you can get into a shootout with the Memphis Grizzlies and, and try to see or and if they or if they can win this game. So I think it'll be a lower scoring game here, maybe something in the range of like one. 110, 107, something in that range for the total here. But Scott, do you have any thoughts on the total? I think I'm going to lean to the under as well. Uh, Laker totals are insanely high. And with LeBron being out, just because I think the Lakers keep it close, doesn't mean offensively I think they keep it rolling. I see this game being a bit more of a physical slugfest. Yeah. Maybe Brooks you know, gets into it with somebody like he always does. But <laughs> I'm going to look at the under here. I just think you're going to see a game that slows down in the second half. We've seen that happen with Memphis a lot. They have some higher scoring games in the third and fourth quarter come around, the game dies. Yeah. I think it's one of those games. I'm going to lean to the under. And the only reason why the first meeting landed two in the 240s was I believe there was 80-something combined free throws between the two teams. Yeah, I think so. So let me look that up. Pretty sure it was like 83 free throws combined between the two teams, and that's the only reason why. And it still went under, by the way, but it was definitely a sweat there. I just am hoping you're not going to get many free throws, or at least compared to what we got in the first meeting. I'm going to lean to the under. Um, Dante, thoughts on the total, and then you're going to throw out your player props if you have any in this for this game. Uh, yeah, man, I, I'm with you guys on the under. I mean, I'm mapped out uh, Memphis's defense being elite. The only thing that worries me is if Memphis, you know, gets out to in transition, they can probably score, you know, like high 120s, low 130s, because the Lakers are horrible in transition defense. They're uh, 28th in points per possession allowed in transition and also 28th in points per possession allowed, you know, off of steals. So Memphis is elite in that category. They'll get out and run. That's the only thing that bothers me. But I think you made a, a great point with um, the slowing down of the pace because the Lakers, I mean, while they do like to run with, you know, run with teams, that's when LeBron is in, when he can facilitate and get on the run and hit guys in corners and get guys open looks. But without him, I mean, the game plan has to completely switch. It has to go slower pace because you want to get the ball to Anthony Davis. You want to wear out uh, Triple J. You want to wear out that front line of Memphis. So I think that I think that the under has, has a lot of value. I think it's just people seeing the pace of both teams and what they do in transition. So uh, I'm leaning to the under also. And uh, player props, I see people talking about Anthony Davis. Uh, LG brought up, um, you know, a 14-point uh, – I mean, 14-rebound game for plus 120. I like that too. Anthony Davis without LeBron – he is averaging 28, 16, and two blocks in nine games without LeBron this season. So his uh, his points and rebounds is 40 and a half. Doesn't scare me at all. He has to play big for them to win. He has to be the best player on the floor on both ends. And without that, they don't have much of a shot. So uh, I like Anthony Davis over 40 and a half uh, points and rebounds. I also like Ja I mentioned the transition numbers. He hasn't had a good game against the Lakers. I think he's had like 38 combined points this in the two meetings. Uh, I don't think he's scored over 25, so I think he has a good game here. The Lakers struggle against point guards. Uh, for whatever reason, they they have a good defense against him, but I think he gets out of that funk and, and scores 30-plus tonight. Got any player props? 
Um, for me, I'm kind of pivoting back to Vanderbilt. I, I just think that his role is going to increase with this team. The issue is blowout potential because there is a chance the Lakers get killed. But Vanderbilt had a huge game last time out. They really need to give him more minutes. I don't know why teams don't give him minutes. Like People can make the same joke about Westbrook and how Ty Lue's even pulling him when he's playing really well. Vanderbilt should be playing 30-plus minutes a game. Like I don't know what more you need to see from the guy. He's an incredible role player who you need, and defensively he's very good. For me, I'm going to go with Vanderbilt overs. I saw his double-doubles at plus 310, which I don't mind. Like you that. can even do a same-game parlay at one book if you include the first-quarter stuff. Uh, you can get him... I'm trying to remember the exact number. I think it was eight plus points and ten plus rebounds, like mixed in with like two plus points first quarter and two plus rebounds first quarter, and that's like four seventy five. I think that's a good price. I think Vanderbilt should play in the mid to high twenties, maybe even thirties. But the issue is foul trouble, which could be yeah. a problem for him. But based on how well he played last game, I got to assume that Ham's going to give him more minutes. So give me Vanderbilt props. I think he's a very good player. Yeah, I love it. Um, I was looking at Anthony Davis rebounds here tonight as well, but I do like the call on the Jared Vanderbilt uh, side of things. Do as you well, see as his blocks? Player props. One off, uh, Anthony Davis blocks. I see two and a half at plus 115. Yeah, I like that over because, I mean, if we assume that the Memphis is going to get out and transition or try to at least, then Anthony Davis is going to have to defend the rim. I mean, he's, he's yeah. the only line of defense there. Especially if Vanderbilt doesn't play as many minutes uh, to to help him with the rim presence or the paint presence, so yeah, I like him over that number also. All right, let's get over to the next game of the night, gentlemen. It's going to be the Sacramento Kings in Oklahoma City here tonight to take on the Thunder. Uh, this line opened up in favor of the Sacramento Kings at minus three. The number has pretty much stayed the course at minus three. Total opened up at two thirty-seven. The number's been bed down to around two thirty-four and a half. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams. For the Oklahoma City Thunder, SGA is going to be out uh, for this game. He's in health and safety protocols and also has an abdomen strain. Um, that, is all, that is a pretty much significant injury for OK, oh, sorry, OKC. Uh, for the Sacramento Kings, De'Aaron Fox is questionable here tonight. He has left right, a left wrist soreness, but everybody else is a go for the Sacramento Kings. Um, Scott, why don't you lose off with this game? Uh, Sacramento minus three in uh, Oklahoma City to take on the Thunder. So they just played, and the Kings won comfortably. Now De'Aaron Fox is questionable. The line has plummeted. I'm assuming Fox is not going to play. However, Shea's not playing. So I don't know if he's seriously injured or if they're just repeating history and benching Shea in the entire second half of the season. But the point is I'm going to lead to Sacramento anyway. This team's been playing very well. Uh, they had the miraculous win in double overtime against the Clippers, but they've looked sharp anyway. I think Sabonis has a decent shot at a triple-double tonight, especially with Fox being out. I, I think that he's going to be able to have a good game. I really do like Isaiah Joe, who had a great game last time out. I think he's motivated for not being chosen over Julius Randle for the three-point contest. I think he's still a little bit annoyed by that. But I am going to go with Isaiah Joe props because somebody's going to have to step up without Shea, and Joe did a good job from three. But I do think Sabonis is pretty live for a triple-double because – I'm just trying to think of who's going to actually handle the facilitating for this team if Fox doesn't go. Like, like Davion Mitchell? What, what yeah, else I think that he would probably get the start. But, yeah, I think you're right. It's probably Sabonis that handles, like, brings the ball up. Like, he a lot of times does, even with Fox in the lineup. Yeah. Uh, I see Kobe's asking if there's an overreaction for Joe's points. Potentially, I'd rather take the threes because 
You're man. assuming if Joe is going to score 20, he's probably going to hit five threes. Man, so his he can threes probably... are three and a half, bro. That's he was he was like two he was like two two and a half like earlier. I'm like I was looking to take it too, and it's three and a half. That's like Clay Thompson and Jordan well, Poole range, at? like minus one thirty. Like, oh, that's, okay. That's that's like I mean he is shooting like forty six percent, but I mean come on, he that that's a that's a hefty hefty price for for a player who is questionable in how many minutes he's going to play. And I'm looking at Sabonis' numbers against the Thunder in his career. Uh, in the last game they just played, 14-15-8. Game before mm-hmm. that, 18-14-14. Game before that, 14-16-7. Game before that, 24-18-10. Game before that, 19-14. Sorry, 26 points too. So 26 and 19 and 14. He's had a triple-double in three of the last five games against the Thunder and he had 14-15-8 with Fox playing last game. I think Sabonis is in line for a great performance tonight. Yeah, I see a close to 4-1 to for his triple-double here tonight, so uh, can't definitely cannot talk you off of that. Um, Zante, why don't you get the side total and then throw out your player props as well, man? Uh, yeah, I mean, OKC is hard to tell, like, what, what are they going to do? Honestly, it's kind of – it's going to be kind of telling to see what some of these teams do being, you know, with the LeBron news because – a lot of them were sliding, but I mean, they might have a chance to, you know, stay at their positions. And I think OKC is one of those teams that are right on the fringe of being in a play in. So, I mean, they've lost three straight, failed to cover two of those. Um, they're lacking consistent offense, like offensive scoring without SGA, obviously. Uh, some of the young guys, they're trying to figure out how to operate without, you know, SGA garnering most of the attention. So, you know, guys like Jalen, um, Jalen Williams, who's getting like he's used to getting second and third best defenders. He's now getting, you know, the top defender. Him and Giddy are both getting top defenders. So that's kind of hard to adjust to. Um, they are 18 and 12 ATS at home, 27, 14 and one as a dog. So they're, you know, elite at home. They just played. And I mean, Sacramento pretty much was dominating them the, the entire game. OKC had a stretch where I think Isaiah Joe hit maybe two or three threes and they cut it to five or six, but they could never really get over that hump. Um, I like the Kings a lot. Um, I think they, I think they're going to make a lot of noise in the playoffs. They probably are one of the more excited teams that LeBron is out, so they can, you know, stop that three six or, you know, two seven matchup. But you know, outside Lake, of, Lakers fans would be flattered. You just mentioned them potentially getting the six. Lakers fans will be very kind to you. I haven't had a chance I, in hell to get the six. No, no, I am a Lakers fan, and they they don't have a chance to to get in the playoffs. I don't think. Well, Not now they don't. Room. Yeah, but um, outside of the Clippers game. I think they've played a little bit better defensively. Um, the the uh, that's the Kings being they're playing a lot better defensively. Uh, you know they've won and covered three straight. Uh, they do a good job of defending without fouling. Eighth in free throw rate defense, uh, third in rim percentage, and OKC is is eighth uh, in rim percentage defense. So that's kind of going to be a deciding factor on how the games play. I like your Sabonis angle, even without Fox. I think he has to do more offensively. Well, he, without Fox, he's gonna yeah, without Fox, yeah. every possession. Yeah, yeah. So he's gonna he's gonna be able to score. I mean, the rebounds. He's averaging. I mean, his rebound progress is like thirteen and a half. So and the Thunder just, can't rebound. So. Yeah. So yeah. That, that just goes to show you how how good of a, a rebounder he is. Um, but I think if OKC can keep the ball in the half court, the fourteenth in half court points per play, and Sacramento struggles uh, defending the half court, twenty eighth on uh, half court defense. You know, they have to. To slow it down and, and get so they have to get some scoring. I just don't know where that scoring is going to come from. Uh, I lean to Sacramento. Uh, if Fox is out, I I don't know. I'll probably just stay away. But I, I'm leaning to Sacramento as well. 
Yeah, I think I go Sacramento here as well. I mean, I think they've came out after the All-Star break knowing that they're going to have a target on their back when they were sitting within that that third spot. I mean, they're not too far off of the second uh, seed here. They're only one and a, what, one and a half games behind mm-hmm. the Memphis Grizzlies for the two spot in the Western Conference. And, um, you know, give them a lot of credit what they were able to do against the Clippers in that double overtime victory. Um, and I think they've won what both of their games so far this season. Uh, sorry, after the all-star break. So I think you're right. Uh, both of you guys, you hit the nail that even without De'Aaron Fox, um, what's the bonus still there with Harrison Barnes still there, Davion Mitchell, Keegan Murray. I mean, they still have enough, I think, to uh, go out and get this victory here tonight. So I'll, I'll lay the points here with the Sacramento Kings as well. Um, do love these Sabonis props here. I think that he's going to be able to dominate whether you want to play the triple-double, uh, rebounds alone, um, PRA, well, it's up to you. But I think there's there's some value here tonight, like Scott mentioned, on his triple-double, close to 4-1, to officially at plus 390 uh, for this game. Um, Dante, you have any player props also, or did you already mention them? Uh, no, nah, I think I'll just you know pivot to, to Sabonis also. Um, another thing working in, in the Kings' favor is their third in points per play. Uh, off of putbacks, so that's basically the offensive glass stat. OKC is 27th uh, on defense in that same stat, so they're not going to have much success limiting Sabonis on the glass. I would pivot to probably points and rebounds in this matchup, uh, thinking that he'll be more involved in you know picking pops and he'll dominate the glass, getting second chance opportunities. So I'll go with the points and rebounds versus the the PRA, and I'll probably take you know put some put some pizza money on on his triple double set four to one. Yep, I agree. Um, all right, so I did forget to get over to one of the earlier games. That's going to be the Chicago Bulls and the uh, Toronto Raptors in Toronto here tonight. Uh, 7.30 Eastern start for this game, and I'm seeing an opening line of this game where it opened up in favor of the Toronto Raptors at 4.5. That number's been bet up to minus 5. Total opened up at 220.5, and, and that number has now been bet down slightly to 219.5. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, for the Chicago Bulls, um, Dragic is going to be out for this game. Excuse me, Javante Green is also out for this game as well. Uh, but everybody else is a go. Uh, Nikola Vucevic, Zach Levine, and DeMar DeRozan. For the Toronto Raptors, again, pretty clean injury report as well. Only player that is out for them is uh, Otto Porter Jr. Um, Scott, why don't you lead, lead us off with this game. Toronto right now laying minus five, hosting the Chicago Bulls. So for this one, both teams have played better since the All-Star break, so I have to at least point that out. But I think I'm actually going to lean to Chicago here. I just don't feel comfortable laying four and a half or five with Toronto yet. I, I get they've played better, but I am going to lean to Chicago. I've roasted Beverly in the lack of impact that he had on the Lakers and whatever, but it appears he's actually done something for this team, kind of. And defensively, they give up 82 points I against the Wizards. I never thought a team with Levine and DeRozan would ever allow 82 points in a game. But I'm going to lean to Chicago here. They played better lately, but it's mostly looking at a spot where – I think Toronto's a bit overvalued. I I think that this team has obviously been playing better, but you look at who they've beaten, and who have they beaten? Uh, Am I impressed that they struggled against the Pistons and they won anyway? Like, Who have they beaten recently that I'm impressed by? Um, Yeah, I'm not not impressed. uh, Yeah, you got me there. I don't that's what I'm saying. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, it's not their fault that they had to take advantage of the schedule. But you're looking at the games here. They beat Detroit by one at home. 
beat Orlando at home, beat New Orleans. They've fallen off a cliff, beat the Pistons, and they played a real team in the Cavs last game, and they got blown out by 25. Yep. I'm going to lean to Chicago. I don't I don't trust Toronto enough to lay five points. Uh, Dante. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, Scott. I mean, I, I don't I'm not a believer in in the Raptors. Uh, I just don't know what they do well. I mean, I watched a bunch of their games. They're bottom five in offensive shooting metrics, bottom five in defensive shooting metrics. So I mean, I don't understand what they do well. Uh, they failed to score 100 points in two of the last three games. Failed to cover in two straight games. Um, they the one thing they do do well, obviously, is turn people over and take care of the ball. They're first in both turnover percentage, turnover percentage offense and turnover percentage defense. Um, other than that, man, I don't think they do a lot of things well. I think defense is going to prevail here. Uh, the Bulls have won, two, uh, won and covered two straight. They've allowed under 100 points in those games. Uh, they're pretty good as a dog, 19-15 ATS, 11-9 ATS as a road dog. Their offense has struggled, but I think it gets back on track with uh, with the defense that the Raptors played. They're 25th in mid-range percentage defense, which sets up for a perfect DeMar DeRozan day. Uh, if you can't defend the mid-range, it's going to be a long day for, for DeRozan. I mean, for uh, for you against DeRozan. He's averaging 22-6-6 versus the Raptors in 12 uh, career games. He's averaging 23 a game as a bull, and he's over that. No, he's over his 23.5-point prop that's set for him right now. Um in uh, four of the last six games, being him as a Chicago Bull going against the Raptors. Uh, the Raptors did a poor job defending on the perimeter, so that's something you want to look at. I would probably take DeRozan like up to thirty plus to see if you can get you know a good plus price on them. Both teams are playing good defense. Uh, four straight unders for the Raptors, or three straight unders. I'm sorry for the Raptors, and you know the Bulls are basically playing at a snail's pace, slowing everything down. They're Sixth in point per possession allowed defensively. Uh, I just don't see the the Raptors being able to beat them by margin, especially with how bad they are defensively. So I like the Bulls a lot. I'll sprinkle on the money line. Uh, I think it's going to be a high-intensity defensive game. Uh, don't see a lot of teams. I mean, don't see a lot of points here. I think it could be you know a 98-90 type of game. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I think I do like Chicago Bulls here at, at plus the five here. Um, I also agree about the under in this game here as well. Um, Chicago, I, I don't know. There's teams always in the second half that just kind of turn it up because they are fighting for playoff positioning, and both teams right now are sitting in that play-in. Or sorry, the Toronto Raptors right now, the ninth seed, is playing in that play-in uh, tournament bracket. Chicago right now is half a game out of uh, the play-in tournament uh, bracket in the Eastern Conference, or half a game behind the Washington Wizards. So, um, look, they've won both their games so far. Uh, they're healthy. They got Patrick Beverly. I know it's another voice or another guy that can give you that defensive intensity. Um I think I, I think they can also get the outright victory here tonight against the Toronto Raptors, and I think uh, I think Scott mentioned that, but I need to see it from Toronto first before I can start backing them on on some of these. Uh, I don't want to say bigger spread, but when they are a favorite, because like Scott mentioned, they haven't really beaten great competition. I mean, the wins that they do have, it's been against lesser competition: Spurs, Pistons, Magic, Pelicans, uh, uh, and again the Pistons again as well. So. I'm going to go with the Bulls here tonight. I do agree about the under in this game. Uh, any player props you do like in this game, Scott? Uh, I think if I was going to go with any player props, it probably would involve something with Levine points just because he's been playing very well lately. I think that he's going to be a bit of a matchup problem for Toronto. Most people are going to pivot to DeRozan. 
because he's returning to Toronto. Does that really still apply when he hasn't been on Toronto in like, what, eight years at this point, five years at this point? Does that still apply? I don't think so, because I, I actually went back and looked at this last night. He hasn't really like performed very well against like the Raptors or I even filtered it down to him in Toronto. So it, the last game, he, the, well, this season, he went up to Toronto. He scored 20 uh, last season in Toronto, 28, but. I mean, it hasn't been something that's jumped off the page. Yeah, I, th- I think for me, I'm going to pivot more to Levine props. He's been doing quite well lately, and Chicago seems to have leaned into him more as a, the number one option. Earlier in the season, you could have made an argument that it was DeRozan, uh, but from what I've seen lately, it does seem like Levine has been the main alpha dog, so to speak, on this offense. Uh, he did score 30 points in the last meeting in 32 minutes, so... Toronto, once again, has sometimes some issues guarding him. At 26 the game prior, if you want to go for for uh, three-pointers, by the way, he has been a bit inconsistent. He's usually hovering around three against Toronto. Mm-hmm. But I think I am going to lean to Levine props. I could see him going for 30 tonight. I was looking at uh, Vucevic's rebounds here. Um, post-all-star break that has been cashing for me. I Every time I that. bet that I lose. So <laughs> my relationship with Vucevic is basically... Terrell's relationship with Adebayo, it just doesn't work out. Like, I sacrifice potential profit for myself so everyone else like you can also bet Vucevic rebounds and win. It doesn't work for me. The guy just hates me. I 11, and, <laughs> 11 and a half um, is a number right now. Last five games against the Raptors in particular, he's gone over this number. He's had uh, 13 or more in four of the last five games um, against the Raptors. And then coming out of the all-star break, I believe he's gone over this number in both of the games. Uh, sorry. So uh, 13 last game against the Wizards. He had 10 against the uh, Brooklyn Nets. And then prior to the all-star break against Milwaukee, he had 16 rebounds. So um, I'll continue writing it here at 11 and a half for uh, Nikola Vucevic uh, rebounds. Uh, Delante, do you have any player props for this game? Yeah, I mentioned DeRozan uh, over 23 and a half points. I just, I mean, I wasn't looking at the angle of him being in Toronto. I was just looking at the angle that, you know, Toronto uh, Toronto doesn't defend the, the mid-range well. The 25th in mid-range percentage defense. They're bottom five in, field, in effective field goal percentage defense. So I think DeRozan and Levine could have, you know, 25, 26-point nights. Uh, also looking at Jakob Pertl, over 20 and a half points and rebounds. He's averaging 26 points and rebounds since he's got traded back to Toronto. Uh, and the Bulls are 25th in offensive rebound percentage. So, you know, he should have a good day on the glass. Gafford recently had 15 and 11 against um, against the Bulls. So I look for him to have a decent night also. Uh, those are the only two that I have right now. All right. Um, so what we're going to do, guys, um, since we have been starting to go a little longer with these pods, we'll break these up into two parts here. So these are the first five games of the night. Uh, for the NBA. So look out for part two. We'll, we'll keep this uh, YouTube uh, stream still going. But we'll, as far as a pod, if you're getting to this later, it's broken up into two parts. We'll have a part one of the first five games here for tonight and then uh, the part two here for tonight. So uh, this will be the wrap for part one. And again, if you are watching on the live stream, stay with us. We'll just dive right into part two. <laughs> 